0: People of Earth if you are hearing this you are receiving a signal from another planet Fanboy Plan planet
1: watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts you might be a trekking sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up but not Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. i am a nerd overdrive, I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Feel so alive watching Babylon, but gonna be a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. Eh. Episode 349, the sun has set behind the juicy burger, and here is your host, (laughs) Derek McCaw.
0: Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And yes, indeed, we are here podcasting uh, from the Seven Stars Bar and Grill 398A. Bascom Avenue in San Jose, California. Which just does happen
2: to be across the street from, from a juicy, juicy Burger. burger.
0: And the, and we could not podcast until the sun had set behind the Juicy Limits Burger. Limits to the technology, Michael. Because apparently, no, 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 it's no, no, <laughs> no, no. It's that we were by the one window. We we podcast in front of the re- replica of Jabba the Hutt. Yes. And the one window here does not have any blinds. And so, therefore, there was nothing for us to do but let the sun blare into my eyes and we had to wait for that to stop and even now your
2: pupils are still contracting and even
0: now rick is just a blur exactly a dark shadow that's the barnabas collins of podcast anyway anyway uh of course i'm sorry grateful for the introduction from all men in los angeles oh we lost you already and no, you didn't
1: lose me. <laughs>
0: you're fading out again I Nate.
1: Sidetracked. I was sidetracked by uh, Dave Tapia's post on the Fanboy Planet podcast live at 7 Stars he said he'd love to be there but trying to avoid all Cap 2 news until Friday okay
0: well that's too bad because tonight's podcast is all about Cap 2 news uh, anyway and of course adjusting the dials right now podcast producer Moral Compass Rick Brett Snyder that's right. So we've got some comics news, and uh, we've got some Cap 2 news. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, some movie news that, that has nothing to do with Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And some TV news, some of which does still have to do with Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Indeed. Funny like that this week, because Marvel is doing this thing called... Promotion. cross Promotion. Synergy. That's a word that faded out in the 21st century. I like it. We need synergy back. So, and we're bringing it here tonight. they used to have all their albums So, no, that was Eternity. Let's just keep that going. Oh, okay. And uh, there we go. Synergy open for Eternity. Let's talk comics. Uh, So, of course, in a bit we'll play What's in the Bag, but first I want to point out that uh, DC has this event coming called Future's End. That's the one that's going to be like five years in the future, and Batman Beyond's going to come back from beyond. Is Batman Beyond just five years in the future? I think now it may. No, I think he's coming back like just... To the future's end time
2: So he's time traveling but doesn't quite make it back to present right, time something like that Because okay. yeah. I saw the art for that in the DC books today And it looks like OMAC is
0: involved I, Yes, and so that's what I was going to bring up Is that DC had said that it was going to start on free comic book day Which is, good lord, only one month away Wow uh, I know, it's startling to think about that But this is the beginning of April and It's a wonderful Free comic book day is the first Saturday in May uh, but DC decided to start futures end this week in several, I guess several other books, but including one that if I had made it to the comic book store, I would have had to pick up, which is Aquaman and the Others, number one. I saw it. I, I wasn't thrilled. Well, I I, I don't know. Um, my I enjoyed the others and the Jeff Johns run of Aquaman. So and John, so is this
2: the others the same group as the others? Yes. Before? So it's
0: a super. It's a te- the team that Aquaman was with before. He had joined the Justice League. Apparently, it was a nice bit of retconning. I was annoyed, but when you start, and it's kind th- of like the outsiders. When thing. you treat when you treat the New Fifty Two as a whole new universe, yeah. And you said this is five years into that universe. Then there's five years where Aquaman could have been teaming up with other heroes. The thing that I liked about the others was they were they were all new and original, uh-huh. and probably ideas that Jeff Johnson had had uh, floating around for a while, but. Needed to, to kind of put into a book as a team to see which concepts would float, but I thought they were all very interestingly well drawn, well written characters. So it looked like to me
2: it looked like two the two women on the team are both animal based.
0: Uh, I may have missed something. There was one animal based woman. I don't know if this uh, unless it's a new version of Vixen. I don't know which could be. And I don't I don't ask me any of the characters' names because it's been about a year. I've read the others, so I wanted to pick up this number one and see, hey, you yeah. know, what was going on? There were some really interesting ideas, and we'll see. Um, and again, as said, it started in this future's end where they look like OMAX are involved and there's cyborgs and something horrible is going to happen.
2: Yeah, there's like disembodied parts of Superman you know, and Wonder Woman. You, you know,
0: that's right, because you know what children love when they're, when they're drawn into, hey kids, comics, and hey kids, dismembered superheroes. Yeah, yeah. We love that. That worked exactly. really they're well. Like in,
2: animatronics that have been out too long. Ooh, DC Land! Exactly,
1: great moments with Mister Superman.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Six Flags things just isn't working out. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of Six Flags, I went there over the weekend. <laughs> Did you know? Well,
0: you you live like a block away. Yeah,
1: it's the first time I've been there. <laughs>
0: How was the Green Lantern ride? Ra- seventh grade. How was the Green Lantern ride? Uh, the Green
1: Lantern ride is awesome. Okay. The Batman ride is awesome. Mm-hmm. The Superman ride is awesome.
0: I've been on Batman and Superman. Is there Green no Green
1: Lantern?
0: Is there no Riddler's Revenge anymore? Oh, or is Riddler. That what... Yes. It's Riddler still there? is also awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Uh, we, we went on every roller coaster except one—the wooden one, Colossus,
0: whatever it's oh, called. Oh, Colossus yeah. is good. Yeah. Colossus is good. I laughed so hard on Colossus I almost passed out. Is the, that the only uh, wooden one
2: there? Because the I think so. The wooden ones have a yeah, like, totally different feel than the metal yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh,
1: the best roller coaster okay. in the world
0: is Tatsu. Tatsu? Oh yes. yeah. No, oh, if you go back to Fanboy Planet, thank you for that. In uh, that is the the best one of the best things that uh, ever happened to Fanboy Planet. I was actually invited to opening day of Tatsu. And we did cover the opening ah. of Tatsu. It is and the... that
1: should be Superman the ride, not the Superman ride.
0: No, I know. That's the ironic thing about it. Isn't 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 their theming there as like it's a flying dragon and you are that dragon? I guess so. Yeah. No, well, I, I agree with you there, that, there was, that it should have been, you know, yes. I, you, yeah, the thing is when, when Warner Brothers was associated with Six Flags, they just weren't thinking right. <laughs> but really, <laughs> as we think about everything Warner Brothers just has done them? with DC... They're just not thinking right. No. You know? It's They turned to David S. Goyer, and they said, what do fans want at amusement parks? And he went, uh, I don't know. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so dark popcorn, though. Burnt. What was Tiffany's favorite ride?
1: She didn't go. She didn't go? You went by buddy. yourself? No, I went with my buddy Nick, who was in town. Oh, okay.
0: Ah. Well, that's nice.
1: She was exhausted, so she stayed home.
0: Ah, Well... You know, though, is she really a roller coaster fan? Because the thing is, really,
1: she is actually. Nick's girlfriend is not, so she would have hated it. But but oh, Tiffany, I'm sorry, to would have that. liked to have gone
0: because that is one heck of a great roller coaster park. It really is. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, absolutely.
0: So there we go. Uh, anyway, back that's to my
1: ruination of comic
0: books for the evening. We've left to DC. We'll go back to Marvel, <laughs> and they're hinting with their house with their ads uh, this week. But, you know, we know Original Sin is coming up. In April. Oh, that's now. Oh, we're there. And uh, they're hinting that they're bringing back the greatest character find of the 1980s. The greatest character
2: find of the 1980s? I'm being
0: somewhat sarcastic. Are you talking about... uh... If you were to reach, say, if someone killed the Watcher and you had to look beyond to see who did it. uh, Yeah, would... uh... Is that a clue? was uh, So obvious... Nick hamfisted it. clue? It was him. ham-fisted. So obvious you'd think Warner Brothers planted it. Uh, could so, it be the Beyonder? It could be. So rumor has it the Beyonder is returning. But I thought oh, the Illumina... let him be dressed in the late 70s, early 80s. But I, well, I know, that Michael Jackson thing. But I think that Bendis... The thing is, Brian Michael Bendis kind of retconned it in the Illuminati. That the Beyonder was... Um, once he was a cree or an inhuman that had gotten the power to kind of alter reality and they had Boy, I don't a, remember that and they had put him on another planet and where he recreated earth so almost everything in secret wars 2 was actually just kind of in his mind on another planet hmm. wasn't he
1: an inhuman and a mutant or something yes, like that Yes
0: yes 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 so would that make sense if you know the inhumanity is coming back and, and Right he would be the one one of the few uh, characters powerful enough to kill the Watcher.
2: Actually, Inhuman number
0: one came out this week. Is it Inhuman or Inhumanity? It's Inhuman. Inhuman. Okay, cool. Is it about
2: Thane, son of Thanos? No, it's, uh, it's a, I'll get to it. It's on my bag.
0: All right. Well, let's not rush the, the bag. I also want to note that Dark Horse, because I'm going to jump around some publishers that don't often get a love from us. Uh, the Dark Horse, which we do love, uh, is representing uh, ElfQuest. Uh, the original Quest in a what they're calling a gallery edition, which is like IDW's artist editions. Uh, So in the size of the original artwork being reprinted at full size from the very beginning of ElfQuest. So for those who are ElfQuest fans, and I know that there are many, including Paula Rhodes, an excuse for you to listen to our podcast once again, Paula, uh, that uh, it's coming, but she knew that. A lot of
2: people should be pretty excited about Anything that, that engenders some excitement about ElfQuest, because there are a number of the graphic novel collections that have been out of print for a decade and Dark or more. Horse,
0: I believe Dark Horse is bringing them all back.
2: Yeah, well, they, they they go for a pretty penny if you can find them on like eBay or something mm-hmm. right now. So some or, of the later or
0: beat up in the Santa Clara Public Library system.
2: Maybe, but I yeah. imagine that many of those have been stolen out of the library and the penalties. Oh, I paid. hope that's not true because no, that's, were, they that's were how I read very ElfQuest. Expensive.
0: Yeah, okay, I believe you, but they're pretty beat up in the, in the county mm-hmm. library. So, um, but that's how I read ElfQuest. Yep. So, uh, also want to point out can you believe it's been 15 years since we first started freely talking about having high school children kill each other? It's the 15th anniversary of Battle Royale, people. Oh, okay. And I, Viz... I was thinking
2: something entirely different.
0: <laughs> and Viz Media is celebrating by a brand new translation of the manga. So, uh, wow. Yeah. It seems... So, what's that
2: mean? Because you can, the manga has been available in the, uh, in the small trade editions for a while. Right, so
0: now they're doing a big, oversized, like an anniversary edition, new translation. They're also releasing something, uh, a collection of essays and articles about the impact of Battle Royale okay. called the Battle Royale Slam Book. Uh, so they're available, I believe, this week. And I just want to point out, because Battle Royale certainly influenced, whether people want to believe it or not, The Hunger Games, which is one of the most popular franchises in film and novels in America right now. Yeah. So um, go back to the original, check it out. The movie they said that they would that would never be released in America. The novel which, which that recently says, came
2: out in a premium edition. Both both one I and two. Do,
0: I do have the premium edition Blu-ray of yep. uh, Battle Royale. Not two though. Oh. Uh, I still haven't watched one, so I got to do that. And so that's that's what I've got in comics news. Other than of course playing. It's not a game. You're right. It's what did we buy this week? In a little segment we like to call. What's in the bag? The queue's getting tighter and tighter. Yeah. At least the volume was up this week. That's good. That's great. All right. So what's in the bag? I did not get a chance to go to the comic shop, but Nate and Rick did today, so they know what's fresh and exciting. Why don't you go first, Nate? How about I go first?
1: That sounds good. Hey, Nate, how okay. about you go first? It was a, a light week for me, which is very welcome in the days of unemployment unemployment yes. uh so number one in my bag yes ultimate comics all new spider-man number 200 issue 200 which had a variant cover one half of the cover the regular cover did you pick up the variant or the regular i got both <laughs> because it was such a light week that i was able to do wow. that i only I mean, bought the variant the, uh, fan the regular play. cover has Peter Parker's face in the middle with like half of Spider Man and then other characters' faces in the background. The other, the variant cover, has Miles Morales' face in the background, Spider Man, his half of Spider Man, and then various faces in the background. The two covers come together to form one half and half Spider Man in the middle.
0: Intriguing. No, I, I have. Uh, okay, go ahead. I did have time
1: to read it. It's pretty much like a remembrance of Peter Parker because it's like in the comic, it's the uh, anniversary of his death. Of his death, yeah. So they have a little gathering at Aunt May's and they remember Peter.
0: Okay. So I, I have a question at this point because I I think I read the first issue that had Miles Morales, that introduced Miles Morales. Right. And I really haven't read anything since uh, of that character. So... And I mean this just honestly because I, I don't know. Do you like Miles Morales as a character? Is he an interesting one to follow?
1: I absolutely do. I'd agree with I that. actually, when I moved, was it when I moved? I don't remember when it was. I had to drop a bunch of books. Yeah. And one of the books I dropped was Ultimate Spider-Man because I was behind on Ultimate Spider-Man. And I thought, oh, if I ever catch up. Who knows when that will be. Yeah. But then I did catch up. And no other Ultimate Spider-Man issues had come out because of the uh, Cataclysm break. And I was like, why did I drop that book? So, luckily, I was able to pick it back up before nice. uh, 200 ever came out.
2: Nice timing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, the character's really good. I mean, it's one of the few um, kid characters in a comic that actually you feel like he's a kid. Both when he's in costume and when he's
0: not—that's oh, pretty interesting. Yes. He's
2: not—he's—he's he's skinny and non-muscular. He doesn't really bulge at any time when he's using any kind of spider mm-hmm. strength and uh-huh. stuff. And he uses—I mean—his powers are different. And this—this this was, I think, kind of a one-shot, which is going to be followed up by Miles Mor- Morales colon the Ultimate Spider-Man, right, in, in a new ongoing. Uh, series run. They're
0: constantly rebooting, but I, I was just curious because, again, you know, when they launched him, Marvel did a, a pretty hard push in licensing. Uh-huh. You know, I, they showed up on Superhero Squad Online. They almost anything where kids could see DC take a page from this book. Yeah, uh, that you know, it was, he was everywhere. He was just everywhere that there was Marvel stuff, and a chance to introduce a new Spider-Man was there. So I was just curious. Okay. Let's move to Rick's bag, number one.
2: So number one is Inhuman number one, which is Charles Soule, Joel Madarina.
0: Madarina? Madarera.
2: Madarera. Madarera.
0: Madarera. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
2: Um, and this is the follow-up to all the Inhumanity one-shots right. and appearances through X-Men and Avengers
0: and... Um, and this marks forty-seven books a month that Charles Soule writes. <laughs> is that right? I don't know what he uh, writes a lot. He, the man does not sleep.
2: I, I read this. The, the the what's this tying? This is tying back in tightly is the Inhumans characters. So we've got Black Bolt who's missing, um, and uh, depending on I've lost track where he is in in time continuity between this and um, Secret Avengers and uh-huh. some other stuff, but. From the standpoint of uh, where Medusa's sitting, he's missing, and the Terrigen mists, which are there's got a map in the back which shows where how global weather has moved the Terrigen mists over into Europe.
0: Oh, so it's it didn't it's, dissipate. It,
2: it didn't dissipate. It's going around. Um, it went across the ocean, and now it's it's affecting there. There's a character named Lash who almost seems like you know the the, the question is whether or not this inhuman is really going to be. The, the, the replacement for or whatever we want to do with mutants in the Marvel Universe now right. that mutants are owned by Fox. And employed by Fox, I think, too. Uh, anyway. Um, the Don't
0: speak of Mark Millar that way. Someday he may <laughs> own you. Okay. Uh,
2: hmm. Anyway, the, the character named Leash is kind of a cross between um, almost Magneto and the, uh, the high evolutionary because he's going around as these as the inhumans turn into their cocoon form. Yeah. Then he sits around and waits for them to hatch and then judges whether or not they're fit to go on and disposes them or takes uh, them
0: into his. You his know, current. this does bright. Uh, this is one of the things. But I then
2: you've d- got you've got uh, Medusa who who is interjecting and saving people. He almost kills the main character uh, who is Inferno, who's introduced in this.
0: I may give it a shot. And if you
2: pick it up in time, you get a free um, separate portrait of Inferno with Joe's art on ah. it. Very nice.
0: So, overall, I'm intrigued enough to buy. I'll buy next issue at least. You, you do remind me that, that one of the things I caught up on last week actually was Magneto, ah, number Second issue is out this week. I don't think I'm interested in the second issue. Okay. I because my problem was that Magneto here is again a character being pushed in movies and so forth. Yeah, and he's really a sociopath. There's just so m- he's going
2: back to his roots.
0: Yeah, and th- you know when the Joker got his solo book, it was he wasn't really killing people. It was just sort of a, he you was know, fighting other villains a lot. He was fighting other villains. There was no. It's pretty graphic. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I maybe I shouldn't you know. Well, the whole. But I suspect that that people could pick it up going, "Oh, I know that character," and it's really it's really dark. Yeah. And I don't know why I found it as distasteful as I did. And I especially
2: suppose, since there's a team up in the next um, X-Men movie between Xavier right, and Right. Right. And well,
0: now he's seeing himself as he's the executioner of all the people that are getting away with with pushing the mutants around yeah which which is kind of back to his roots except now he's the lone wolf doing it and it's just i i really i and i think it was actually by charles soul i suppose well written i was just bothered by it and i can't say why uh nate why don't you go to your next book
1: next on my list is a book from a friend of the program cena grace Yes. self-obsessed oh it is... Uh, the story of Sina Grace. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> it's a biographical comic. I only literally just read the first page before we uh, connected the call. Okay. And uh, So what yeah. is
0: it actually about? I'm just kidding. It
1: really is. It's, it's a biographical comic.
0: Autobiographical? Yeah. Really? I was being funny. Okay. Not yeah. really funny. Not yeah, really at it's all. It's true no, story. true. It's er- <laughs> painful. Okay, but uh, who's, the, who's the imprint? Is that an image book? It
1: is an image book, and it is a one shot.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So it will go from his birth to his still life.
0: The the still end. life?
1: <laughs> still livingness? Yes, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to say his untimely death because no. that was be oh! creepy.
0: <laughs> shock ending, shock ending. No one expected it, didn't expect it. At least of all, seen and grace. All right, Rick. What's next in your bag?
2: Next, I have Moon Knight number two, which uh, you'll recall, Moon Knight bro- number one was also one of my choices. I did read this; another Warren Ellis slice of goodness. Um, this one is about a sniper, and the first half of the book is all about the separate victims. And it's almost done in like a '70s film. Ellis what, is going to take some interesting
0: approaches. Insets,
2: insets of of um, panels. On the same page of different people stepping through, and this first, the first, I, literally, it's half of the half the book is just the setup for this, and then Moon Knight appears in the second half. Moon Knight is in his costume
0: this time, and the costume is actually pretty because, cool because it was getting the sensation that every phase of the moon he would be changing outfits.
2: So this this one, he's in his his Moon Knight superhero outfit. But it's, it's a little different because he's not entirely white. There are white accents on it and gray panels elsewhere. Okay. So it looks pretty cool. There are a lot of crescents built into the design of it. And a nice fight scene and a nice uh, denouement. A little pat in the end, but my biggest disappointment here was that we didn't learn that much more about this new moon knight or what, what's going on with him. But if it's well-written. But it, it's, it's self-contained. It's all one book. You pick this up, be uh, read through it, be satisfied, not know you're missing out on any uh, continued storyline stuff. So, there again, it's in my ba- in my uh, top three. How about you, Nate?
0: Book three in yours?
1: Uh, I have <laughs> wow, two up. books left, okay, and I will pick one
0: oh. because it is written by... I'm not going to give you Acosta's choice. Ooh. One of
1: our favorite writers on the podcast, Jonathan Hickman, ah. with Secret Number Seven. He's actually a hitting affair. his deadlines now. Yeah, look, it seems that Secret is suddenly caught up. Okay, so yeah, I again, I haven't read that one, but
0: but it's what you're looking forward to. Okay, yep. And Rick, back in your bag. So I've got,
2: I have, I I have the Costas choice myself because I've got. I have three
0: hard choices here. I'm
2: going to let you pick which one you want me to do. I'm holding them up for Derek. I've got Starlight, Swamp Thing, and Phantom Stranger. No, Phantom
0: Stranger. I want you to
2: justify why you're still buying Phantom Stranger. This may be the book that kills Phantom Stranger. So I don't. I. I'm the, uh, we we finally gotten past the the storyline with uh, with uh, Forever Evil and yeah, yeah. Light and all that other stuff. Um, that's you, you, you chose wrong. This wasn't the one I wanted to talk about. But You offered it to me as
0: a choice. I did. You chose You on. must live with it. You no, on. you must live with it. The one I'm going to talk about. I'm going to know I'm going to go with movies now. Tell me why you wanted Phantom Stranger. <laughs> go. Okay, it's... it's you have yeah. to play by your own rules, it, Rick. Yeah. I didn't never wrote any rules for this. I did. Yeah, go. Then they aren't my rules. Phantom
2: Stranger. Dad. Um, so the thing about Swamp Thing <laughs> is that... <laughs> this, I, I didn't talk about. But uh,
1: I wanted to hear about Starlight because that was my other book
0: oh, that I was, was choosing between. Oh, well, then the two of you can just combine forces. Correct? Okay.
2: I, I want, but I, want to, I wanted to mention 29, issue 29, we're up to 30, was a restart for Swamp Thing storyline because, again, it was past all the Forever Evil stuff. It was out of the characters from uh, JLA Dark are not, not like three quarters of this book. And we're back to a really interesting swamp thing based swamp thing mythos based story that is really good, having to do with the idea that he there's a society that can, for all intents and purposes, cast a spell and allow him to walk in the human body of another man, uh, another person.
0: Oh, no, but not as leave, and,
2: and leave, leave those, but something goes horribly wrong, and I'm of not going to spoil it. But notice who wrote it's, it. It's, uh, it's, this is Charles Soul. Yeah. yeah, see?
0: Um, who now has no soul. He just sold it for a He success. just
2: He's now inside a plant. Uh, the the idea that um, this is the kind of story that I buy Swamp Thing for, and it took them 30 issues to get to it. So that's what I wanted I to say. I think this
0: is what's terrible about our addiction. Yeah. You were telling me that for 29 issues you were not enjoying Swamp Thing.
2: I was not enjoying it the way I wanted to. I was enjoying the storylines, but they were far too... Intermeshed with a lot of things I wasn't all day the whole I didn't really go for the rot and the green storyline, partially because I gave up on Animal Man, so I was only getting half of that. I think
0: that was a mistake. I think Animal I Man know. was telling a very good story over there I can't I, but everything I, but I didn't like yes, you can like no, you seem to
2: you can't I don't you're buying
0: Phantom Stranger for God's sake, this may be the one that killed it. That, even I stopped. did
2: I mention he Superman is in Phantom Stranger
0: yeah. No, you didn't mention anything because you were just being a brat. Go I ahead. know. But Nate wanted to talk about Starlight. Well, Nate can.
1: I bought Starlight. <laughs> that's all you're going to say. I read Starlight. <laughs> I, is it, yeah, I didn't read it. I does was it just following yeah, the promise in the first it. issue.
0: Not really,
2: other than the fact that we, we do get some, we get a, um, almost a Deus Ex machina that's going to bring him back to the original planet.
0: No, that I expected, but is he going to be young again? Probably not. Good. Because um, that makes it a different story. Yeah, that's an interesting old story. Old
1: man starlight. Um, because
0: my fear was it was going to be like Armageddon 2419. Not the original novel, but the sequels that appeared in the right. 70s and 80s where they found a deus ex machina to make him younger, Anthony yeah. Rogers young. And it was just like, no, I well, wanted to see the old man. Like,
2: that's like Paul Jarris Finnegan in, in the uh, Farmer's... Uh, Kickapoo? Lab, yeah, yeah, the... Uh, Universes, World of Tears, yeah, the World of Tears, the makers of universes. Um, the thing about Starlight, is, there's a great opening scene where the the rocket ship that landed in the last panel, the first one, opens up and a kid comes out. He says, "Don't kill, don't shoot me. I'm only 83 uh, Okay. <laughs> she goes, but maybe that's different because your sun is a lot further. Your your planet is a lot further away from the sun than mine is. I guess I'm twelve and a half.
0: Okay. All right. So that's uh, this is
2: more this is more along the line of news.
0: Armor Hunters from Valiant. Valiant
2: yeah. is doing a, a crossover. There was a free giveaway, Valiant uh, preview, pull box preview, free thing, um, that shows a, this Armor Hunters thing is going through all of the Valiant titles, which, is, which, in my opinion, is happening way too soon. And this is what killed it f- Valiant well, for me I the wanna, first time I want to look
0: at how many issues they, do they say. Oh, they're not giving what numbers they've been? But the, the thing is... Maybe on the back or the last page. I understand what you're saying. I really do. But you're talking about... You're at Exo Man of War number 26. It's been going on for over two years. Exo Man of War has. Yeah. You are at Harbinger 24, which uh, Josh Dysart, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Bloodshot 23. Archer and Armstrong Still 21. Still too soon. And I'm just saying... It, it 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 seems like it because i don't think that valiant has gotten much attention yeah this time around but um it, with many of the same concepts and then then re-dos of the old but i i don't really think it it just seems like too soon because i can't believe it's been over 2 years since valiant relaunched well there's there's this uh, delinquents thing which it looks like is archer and armstrong and somebody else yeah i don't know i haven't and then picked doctor mirage which i don't um, Dr. Mirage was a very late addition to the Valiant universe. Okay. The first time around. Did not last too many issues. It's like two or three. Um, I could be selling it short because it's been a long time, but I did yeah. read a couple of issues of Dr. Mirage. I was so I into have, Valiant titles when they first have, came out. Everybody was. Oh, man. You talk about a, a publisher. The... You were like 12. Um, uh, I was more into Image. Yeah. Well, because there was a crossover, I thought with Image and Valiant at one point.
1: That's right, and yeah. guess what happened then? Nothing. I stopped reading comics for about ten years, <laughs> yeah, and, and,
0: and that and that crossover never finished because of you. And but they were very hot because I can remember, like when the first Harbinger came out. I wish, I wish that I had been in sort of a more mercenary mood because, in the first year of Harbinger, you could have turned around and sold your first six issues for like. Three four hundred bucks a piece. It's like it's like having a really? Walking Dead yeah. number one right now, and and now they're not worth crap. They're in the quarter bins. But you know, there was a brief time when man, they were. And I think that's one of the Wizard pushes. You know how Wizard, when they started their price guide, the the dirty little secret of Wizard, why there's always this little taint, is that their price guide was based on they started that magazine out of they ran a chain of stores. And they were artificially driving the prices of the books by, that they well, had, of the books that they had, oh. by giving things in the in the, in the price guide. And everybody would go, oh, because Wizard was the magazine, yeah, right? You know, so Valiant had its heyday, but Valiant had great artists, and Barry Windsor Smith on, oh, on Archer and, and Armstrong, and and, uh, and
2: and Rune, Rune, yeah, no,
0: no, Rune was, I'm sorry, that was, I apologize. Rune was Malibu. That was the Ultraverse. You're right. But but You're Barry right. windsor Smith was indeed on Archer and Armstrong, which is a fun book. Yeah. So, you know, I just haven't picked up any of the revival. But to be honest, until right now, I don't think I've, I've held a hard copy of, of anything. anything of value. Yeah. So let us turn to movies. I want to get through some rumors and stuff, and we've got an arc, if you'll let me flow through, no pun intended, that uh, we did get a confirmation of, an actor cast as Dr. Doom, and I say actor, a male cast as Dr. Doom in the horrible, horrible Fantastic Four reboot that I still will not enjoy. But I the, think that's the whole title, isn't it?
2: The horrible, horrible, horrible fantastic, fantastic, four? That, fantastic Four
0: reboot. That Derek will not enjoy. It's a mad, 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 mad Fantastic. But I do like the casting of Dr. Doom, and this is the first casting they've done that okay. i like. His name is Toby Kebbell. He's a British actor who appeared as kind of a a Chris Angel sort of magician in The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage a few years ago. Okay. He was a very interesting character there. He was in Prince of Persia. He's done a lot of Disney stuff being kind of the British, the young British villain thing. And he definitely has... If, you're gonna, if we're going to be doing the ultimate Fantastic Four, which is the closest thing I can come to to what they're doing in this movie without crying completely. You're tarnishing the ultimate fantastic four. Well, no, but as far as being young, yeah. because the ultimate fantastic four they're all like 18 or 19 when they started. When they start, yeah. You know, so actually these actors are all older than that. But this Toby Kebbell, he's a younger Doctor Doom that he's like probably 27, 28 or looks that way. And but he's got he's got the the sneer kind of down and and the wild eyebrows, you know. So and he's a good actor, so I think he could be an interesting Dr. Doom. And he's British, which means he can sound German or... Nor- uh,
2: American? He can sound German. Latvian, Latverian.
0: It's not very... right. It's not very relaxed. It can be anything they want. It, you don't have to be British to play all, all other nationalities. All the Russians and Nazis in movies sound British, don't they? No. I... You know, we can say the Nazis sound Nazi in Captain America. They sound German. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, although what was the yeah, I won't go. Izola. Izola, yeah, but um there was rumor last week and I still I think this is kind of fan service, but I know we have confirmed that that uh Disney, you know, once they wrestled the rights, the complete free and clear rights to Indiana Jones. That of course they want to revive it. They want to do something. Of course. There was rumor that Harrison Ford would not sign on to Star Wars episode 7 unless they got a serious outline of Indiana Jones 5. And then the rumor floated last week that actually what Disney wants to do is reboot Indiana Jones. And then someone suggested, because again, this passes for journalism, Yeah, someone somewhere on some site or blog or Tumblr said, wouldn't Bradley Cooper make an awesome Indiana Jones? And then everybody ran with that as if that was actually true. And so... On the one hand, I do want to say, I don't know that, Indi- that Bradley Cooper would be a bad Indiana Jones. But on the other hand, people, it's not necessarily true. And I do think that with the right writer, an Indiana Jones 5 with Harrison Ford taking another crack could be not bad.
2: Young Indiana Jones was a good show. And I think that there's the, the time period between there and when we first see Harrison Ford that I, you could put a, young, a younger actor into that spot and allow him to develop a character between be between
0: the two. Right. But I think if you, like, for example, Bradley Cooper, though, I think is cool. the age that Harrison Ford was when yeah. he played Indiana uh, Jones. Which is going to, you know, so I'm going to take this moment to segue into our most personal news of the week. Which was the closing of century twenty one, and the chance for us all to sit down, except for Nate, unfortunately, because he was down south, to watch Ridge of the Lost Ark. Yep. And this is my least favorite news of the year. I know, and of the, you know, I, I know. I'm sorry, Nate, but I think the more we talk about it, the more I can put uh, hashtag Save the Domes in our Twitter feed, and more people will realize how outraged people are. I still don't know that it's going to do a doggone bit of good, but, but for those who don't know what we're talking about, yeah. Uh, here in San Jose, where we record the podcast, for the most part, uh, there was a an historic series of movie theaters, the Century Domes, built the in best
1: theaters in California. Yeah. Pretty pretty
0: close, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the Cinerama Dome once, and I got to say that was fun. So, uh, I, oddly enough, I think I saw Absolute Beginners there in Hollywood. Fantastic movie theaters. Go there. Northern California, Nate. Go Northern California. Because you gotta you gotta give LA their props for those. Because you know the the other reason why you're gonna give LA their props? Because they saved them. Yeah. They saved their historic landmark movie theaters. And in Northern California, we really have not. And the Century Domes were built in nineteen sixty four. And I bring up Cinerama because that was one of the original intentions was to show Cinerama films when which were these huge, hugely widescreen, seventy millimeter Epics, How the West Was Won, It's a Mad, 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 Bad yeah. World. Um, I, Lawrence of Arabia. No, that wasn't. No, no, no. There was even a movie called This is Cinerama, this is Cinerama.
2: which just showed I saw roller coasters. What, uh, how the West Was Won was like the first movie my dad took me out to a theater to see. And, and I'm pretty sure we saw it in a Cinerama. Well, was you were in a- Southern California, though, yeah, right? we were so in
0: you of gone the might have gone to the Dome the yeah. actual Cinerama Dome.
2: Because I remember the lines where the films came together.
0: There was like three screens wide, like, right?
2: Yeah, it was three screens wide, but it was actually multiple projectors that were in sync to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. play out because they didn't have the lensing properly. Right. And right. so you actually saw a little bit of overlap as the, as the images were next to each other.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever saw anything officially in Cinerama. It's intriguing to me. And <coughs> I don't know if you would again. But anyway... We had these domes. They, they're a few months short of their 50th anniversary. And why they, they should be declared historic landmarks. and anyway, At least one should be salvaged as a historic landmark because it, these domes were some of the first places where, in the days where you could say, really, literally, the first places, one of 37 theaters nationwide to show Star Wars. Yeah. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg loved sneaking their movies at the Century 21 and the Century 22 because they built San Jose into the eighth-largest movie market, movie-going market in the country. That was a title that was officially held in the 80s. And the centuries had much to do with that because certainly in the 60s and 70s, they were the, they were the big theaters
2: to go to. They were the, some of the first theaters <laughs> that I ever heard of that had their, the uh, what was the sound system... Dolby? Oh. not a THX.
0: THX. The THX sound Well, no, that system. was on purpose. Yeah. Lucas, one of the centuries to do that. They were also, they were one of the first in the country to switch to digital so Lucas could show Phantom Menace digitally. Yeah. And so.
2: I remember that because there was like one, one of the three domes in the Century 22 was digital, was outfitted for digital for that showing. Right. So you could either go to one of the smaller ones or the bigger one that it's was. It on
0: the bigger. Right. Yeah. And so that was the first time a lot of people in San Jose, in the Bay Area as it were, experienced digital projection, yeah. which is now very common. Yep. But, oh, <coughs> no, sorry, something is just getting stuck. There must be pollen coming from, up from something. Anyway, they closed it on Sunday night uh, with a final showing of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, which I remember going to see opening day at Century 21 in 1981. And so to finish it up, we, many fans gathered and paid homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark and I want to say it's—I hadn't seen Raiders Lost Ark in at least twenty years.
2: Yeah, it's probably and, been at least fifteen for me.
0: And I can't—I can't, I can't s- stress enough how, over the years, it has dimmed in my memory because I really didn't think, eh, Temple of Doom was okay. Eh, Last Crusade was okay. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, eh, you know I think you can go back to the podcast and find this. I—I I never held them in high. I the high know. esteem that other people did. I,
2: I don't want to take the steam out of it, but I I will watch uh, the...
0: Uh, I'm not taking the steam. You're not taking the steam out no, of anything. No, no, no. Let um, me finish my point. Sure. The franchise, I did not hold in esteem, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is an amazingly perfect film. And I had forgotten because I was the last, my last experience with Indiana Jones was the Kingdom of... Well, it was the Crystal Skull. And this, just watching and going, I can't... Believe Harrison Ford was that young, and you know, and, and it's just how well put together that film is, and how relaxed it is, and you ride. And the thing is, most of my Indiana Jones experience of the 21st century is going to the Disneyland ride, and everything. Yeah. And every, and and what everybody thinks is it's this breakneck, never a dull moment kind of thing. It's like, no, no, no there were dull moments. They're not dull. <laughs> they're good scenes that tell the story and move it forward. Yeah, and. One thing I picked up, and I'm sure there are, you know film students everywhere who have written papers on this, is how early on in a confrontation between Indiana Jones and Belloc, as Belloc says, "You are just a shadow. Uh, we are shadow selves." And almost every entrance Indiana Jones has is his shadow. shadow yeah. And I was like, that kind of filmmaking, that attention to detail, where I felt the other movies, though fun. Are kind of sloppy in comparison to that. I, I would take you to Task on Crusade. I think Crusade is a perfect. Movie. A lot of people talk to me about Crusade, but I, I just didn't feel like it was
2: it's 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 the prequel part of it the the main story the father son story crusade it's, is not it a prequel sh- it should have no there's a there's an early part of oh, Crusade oh, oh, that is the prequel. The river phoenix part. right the river yeah. phoenix part which is which w- i like very well done
0: i did like that part
2: and the the whole father and son i who don't been, dislike distant them. and come together i don't
0: dislike them i'm just saying i didn't hold them in the regard
2: yeah it, but it should have been it should have been the last they had ever done I think they should never have done another Indiana Jones movie from that time frame because it, it talks about mortality.
0: It talks about the father and son thing. It's it's just brutal. Which then they had to kind of revisit with King, with the Crystal Skull, and it was oh, kind of like and. that movie was never made. I'm sorry, I'm blocking. Yeah, well, yeah. but you know what? It, it's also as you go back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark has a has a hopeful cynicism, if you will. You know, by that famous ending of being in the warehouse right. and. And the other thing I thought is here's where the things, the mistakes were made. Is you went back in time, you didn't get you, you lost Marion, you never saw Marion right, again. Right. And it's like, and to me that movie was like, no, that was clear that you were going to have Indiana Jones and Marion having wild adventures in the future, and then you revisited that 25 years later and went, oh yeah, they had an affair, she got pregnant, she never told anybody, you know. And, yeah. And it's like, it just doesn't fit. It's just horrible. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. So. Yeah. I recommend going Indy back to Riz. Dad. I, I I didn't like that part no. of it. But, you know, so from one perfect movie to another that I'm going to daringly go forth and say, on first watch, almost perfect film, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I'm going to try to be absolutely spoiler-free because Nate right. did not get to see it last night. But, but on every level that you can imagine, so Mike Rabel from CineQuest, Uh, Messaged me earlier tonight and said, I'm going to take my 14 year old daughter. I've read all Brewbaker stuff. I know it. Will it be accessible to a 14 year old? And I said, There's no reason why you couldn't follow. Every dot is laid out there for you to connect. You don't need to know the material. No. You were talking about how it stole from, not stole, that it lifted from some some of Hickman's work. Oh, a lot of it. But it's not. It's just just a bunch of (coughs) low hanging, don't get me wrong when I say this, low hanging fruit plot points. That, yes, Hickman visited and, and Brubaker visited. Brubaker gave the idea of the Winter Soldier. Hickman gave another idea. I don't want to go too deeply. Yeah, think, I, you know. I, I, I would but take you to task. Well, you're taking me to task a lot tonight. I, would, I will. I oh, oh. You can't take it. Huh? Yeah, I'm taking you behind the woodshed, and uh-huh. you're gonna, I'm going to break the sure. switch off, and uh, we'll just switch you off. And, Alex, oh, you've got the board. I do. So, do you want to be high in pitchy now? No. I wouldn't do that. I'm not that petty. I think I can push. And it's, I think all these elements are put in a blender and fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know that anybody, and Nate, maybe you can tell me, I don't know that anybody's done a really good job in comics of, say, updating the origin of the Falcon. I have no idea. I kind of feel like he's been left still in that Sam Wilson, Snap Wilson Marvel's never really moved him
2: forward. The only thing they've done is, is had a relationship between him and uh, T'Challa in what, in, the, uh, in the, the advancement of his wing technology.
0: Well, no, that's fine. Yeah, but, I that's mean, about the only as, thing that I can say significant. As far as, as his origin. But what I'm really enjoying about the Marvel movie universe is you put Sam Wilson in this movie. Anthony Mackie, who is fantastic in that role. Great role as Sam, as Sam Wilson. It's the Falcon. It's updated. It's given a justification without any of the distasteful parts, honestly, of Marvel trying to be with it and now in the 70s because all their black superheroes except, it for, makes sense. except for T'Challa come out of this kind of black blaxplo- exploitation thing. Yeah. And this makes sense. And He's it a gives, soldier. And it gives a resonance with Steve Rogers. And, 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 and again, fantastic opening. We had the 10 minutes on, online a couple weeks ago. They pulled it. Then, uh, this and watching it again, I was just a smile on my face. That first four minutes fantastic introduction, fantastic. Here we're up to speed with what's going on with Steve Rogers, and then you're into it's almost like a Bond film, except then it goes back to 70s political conspiracy thriller.
2: You're not kidding though, with uh, 15 minutes in, I realized that I had not stopped smiling. My, no, my I, chins, my, my cheeks were hurting because I had just been, been not, tense a false, all the way through. not
0: a false, not a false note, yeah, even Matrak. Who I know Nate loves Batroc, you know, it's like they just had the colors of his costume. Just muted. He wasn't he was muted. You know He had but a, he had a mustache and a beard, but they made weren't made made a nice impact in a way that, you know, this and is he what did so this is what the Marvel universe movie universe has to do is you're gonna burn off some of your minor villains, but you're gonna make them count. Yeah. And that's something that D C movies don't do. You burn off a minor villain. Into, I mean, boy, when you talk about Batman and Robin and you mm-hmm. get to all those things, you know, and Bane's like, you know, they burn them off and they're, and they're just, they serve no purpose. Yeah. In Marvel, every character appearance, even if it's fan service, is, and I don't use that term lightly or or, or disdainfully, it counts. Yeah. It counts. And there are throwaway references. part refer- of the plot. And there are throwaway references to other corners of the universe they haven't gotten around to introducing yet. Then, if you know it, great. And if you don't, well, let's move on, you know, and it's fine. And it just, but it, everything gives you a sense of scope and things happening. And so I just thought, fantastic. Can we
2: say right now that we've been, we've been doing spoiler free on this? And they're
0: going to stay spoiler free. Yeah. But
2: we're going to record a thing that's going to play after the credits for this, this where we'll talk
0: about spoilers. you stuff. know what I think I'd rather do? Nate, what? Are you going to see it this weekend? uh
1: hopefully friday or saturday but if i, I mean i just do don't not, want to leave nate out of the conversation
2: like, i'd like to do it before anybody else does you know
0: i, I mean we we, uh, we it's gonna yeah. be two okay. weeks late you know? all right oh you're right you're right because we're not going to get a chance to yeah, yeah well, we're not recording it's, next the week. next one's 350 you're right you're right i'm sorry so go ahead yeah we'll do that so so what we're going to do is after after uh, you hang up on me after we hang up on nate uh, Rick and I will also turn off the speaker, so anybody in here who in the, in the won't in Seven Stars won't hear us talk about it. Just kind of do a, a, a little more. There's a lot of
2: juicy stuff. In this
0: I, I don't want to go too deep, too too deep, because I just don't want to hold people like five going, or ten minutes. Yeah. Well, I just remember our man, our Man of Steel review, which was like two hours just talking about Man of Steel. So I, I don't want to do that tonight. Yeah. Because I want to get to some of these comics. Sure. I got to get to a store. So um, anyway, I thought fantastic i know rick agrees we but we got posters it was exciting and
2: they're double-sided too if you hold it up to the glass the colors get more vibrant if you, if you put it on a window
0: yeah and where was the uh where was the, sh- the screening the mercado so no not a century not the greatest but you know for me i'm a o- i am am okay with that with yeah. the mercado i i don't have anything against amc but this is now, having reminded myself, going to a Century, 20, Century 21 and watching Riders, screen was it would have just been, it would, it'd been great to watch it. I love that it wasn't in 3D. Yeah. Because not only do the movies not need to be, but that it's not. It's like, thank you, Marvel, for st- taking a step back and saying, you know what's most important? A good script and great direction. And that script was great. And not just plotting-wise. The dialogue was so snappy. And so meaningful. And the actors delivering it were just spot on. I I've not, I did not
2: like Scarlett Johansson as much in prior in the prior movies as I did in this. And she's just really, really good.
0: Well, and we're like in 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes saying...
2: You were going, just give her a movie. Just give her
0: a movie. Because she totally needs... To, there needs to be $50 million low-budget action film yeah. with just her. And there's so much depth they keep explaining... That Hinting the backstory, to. Yeah. it's just for God's sake, just do it. Yeah, and pro- Kevin faggy has said maybe they'll up to three movies a year, but it's really hard making sure that the two movies a year they do are such good quality. Yeah, but I'd say if you had a, a third unit doing the lower somewhere between your Netflix deal and mm. your big screen, you know, and your big blockbusters, right? <coughs> trust you're going to have one that's going to come out in February and be an interesting chapter that maybe isn't... Even if they aren't
2: like worldwide blockbusters, they move the universe forward. Maybe
0: not as tightly connected. Yeah. But in a sense that I want to explore what's going to happen with Black Widow, and I don't think we're going to have time to keep wedging her into other films when she should just be explored on her own. I would actually argue
2: that Cap 1 was that kind of movie. Was... Uh, low that budget? kind of? Well, it wasn't low budget, but it was that kind of movie within the scope of Marvel movies. It introduced a character. It told told a storyline that wasn't wasn't moving forward to any of
0: the stuff that had been in in Iron Man or Hulk. Um, I beg to differ. I, you, I'm going to take you to task, if you will, because you'd already seen the shield. In well, you the, see, I know you, there, are yeah, there were you didn't elements. Yeah, there were elements. Anything forward? There were there were elements, and then you'd already seen Thor with the, we'd already seen the Tesseract. Right. And then it went back and it told you the origin of the Tesseract. Yeah. And now everything, and then, and then Avengers is everything is hydro technology, and then it's coming back around. So, But it wasn't as important to that as like Avengers was to this movie.
2: Avengers set up a lot of what happened in this
0: movie. I think they're retconning things through where I think a lot of what's going on in the Captain America saga is it has so much more resonance especially when you get to like you know, get to Iron Man 2. I want to see I actually think they might have a, a a problem and this is not a spoiler reconciling between the two versions of Howard Stark that they've hmm. that they presented on camera. You mean the one Iron Man 2 Iron Man 2 he saw f- and then f- the f- one in he, the Shield short they, no, the one that's in, in Captain America. It's the same guy, Dominic oh, yeah. Cooper. But two different actors have played him at two different ages. And yeah. there's an implication... And they and they only use Dominic Cooper in the Captain America saga. So I, I'm just thinking it's the one... It's not a misstep because, of course, you've also had... If you're going to count way back when, the Angley Hulk as fitting. And they've sort of let that be like maybe that could have been there too. You've had yeah. Eric Bana to uh, Edward Norton, to, well, why am I blanking on the, good, on the greatest? Mark Ruffalo. Above? Mark Ruffalo. Right. Uh, you know, th- th- you've had actors change. But it's an interesting, different position. And now, like, I'm intrigued to see how did you get the total, the the Howard Stark in Captain America, who is basically Tony Stark in 1942. Right. How did he become that cold, distant, almost strangely corporate spokesman Disney-like Iron Man character? Too. You know, into Iron Man Two. There's something there that still has to be developed, and I'm not, and I so I don't know. You know, again, you could say in Iron Man the side of the shield was a fan service thing, just like a, oh look, there's the Captain America shield. In the Incredible Hulk, there's. There's stuff from Dr. Reinhardt's... Right. Uh, you know... All syrup. I was trying to
2: say is that... So each each of the movies is kind of set up things... So in this movie... Well, we can't say what it sets It sets up a... This movie sets up a ton of stuff. Yeah. But you could do the the Black Widow movie yeah. without addressing any well, of that Well, and stuff. that's
0: what I'm saying. Yes. Right. And that's what I'd like to do. And you could do a Hawkeye movie without addressing any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I want a Hawkeye movie, but well, I do want to put that in there. A that Hawkeye they, and Black Widow movie might be the, fun. Uh, which they were for a while in the comics, weren't they together? Yeah. Well, Agreed.
2: they allude to the fact that they'd gone on Ops before as well. Right, they and so on.
0: I'd like to see those too. Yeah. I'm fine with that because they're, they're two characters that can truly reveal her backstory. Yeah. And because he clearly knows more about it than, than any other character did. There is talk, uh, it just came out today, And I'll, before I jump to S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's all interconnected that you mentioned. Uh, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, they're saying that Kevin Feige promised huge roles for Hawkeye and the Hulk because they still have no plans to put them out into their own separate films. So the focus has to kind of go there for those two. So I'm, I'm happy to say that because I, I, I don't dislike Hawkeye. It is, though, it's kind of like a, one of these things is not like the other. And, and well, so, I mean, he's not really
2: that much different than Scarlet. Than, uh, pardon me, than um, Black, Widow. Black Widow.
0: No, but Black Widow, they've, I, they've just made, she's a more interesting character. So far, She's so they need to develop. To watch, she is, yeah. and it's not just because. And I don't. That's not sexist. It's not just that. It's it's the backstory. Yeah, the 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 frustratingly maddening hints of backstory that, like, what has she done? And you know, so we'll see. I want to tie it in because last night's Shield, which we all got to see. Yep. Nate. Yes. Yes. So in the middle of Shield. They go directly in to Quidditch. like setting up setting up what's going on. Well, Jasper Sitwell gets sent to the Lemuria, right. which is another thing. And since it was on Shield, I can talk about it. What U.S. military operation refers to Lemuria? So they're dropping all kinds of hints, trying to get Namor back. They've got the could be
2: a codename. name
0: the Lemuria star. No, I know they, what you're saying though. You know, they've got that. So um, the Lemurian star, and so Sitwell sent over there, which then it is where Captain America Winter Soldier essentially begins in action. So you set that, and then good lord, in comparison, Shield just turned into this little tiny. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I liked the episode, and I was like, I had to sit there and go. It's just a, t- it's a TV show. And I, and I finally... Because did, you watched it so close to watching Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And because what, even the sets don't look as real as I see it in Captain America. Like I feel like their shields on little sound stages. I felt like Captain America was, this is hot in the real world. Yeah, you know? TV's always shot
2: closer, though, in smaller spaces and stuff. I know, but it's, it's also,
0: you know, it, it, it almost became very to Very few exceptions to it that. It almost came to me, be to me, like... like um. Did the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, and of course I know they had to know because Joss Whedon's overseeing everything, but it's yeah. like, do the guys writing the TV show S.H.I.E.L.D., did they really know what was going to go on in Captain America? Because I think we've got a few too many conspiracies going on and side organizations, or somehow you've got to figure out how it's all no, going.
2: No, I, th- I think we're, I mean, <clears throat> without saying too much about it, I think there were things that are happening in that episode that are happening concurrently, happening concurrently with the action, with of the action in the movie. That are still yet to be, okay. uh, yet to run their course the way they have in the movie.
0: Yeah, but I still I still think there's there's another level of conspiracy going on in the show. I, I agree with you because Melinda May is clearly there's yeah. something
2: going on there, and and that was all exposed. <laughs> but at the same
0: time, nobody's shooting her. Um, they're they're and now and we got the I guess the revelation of the full deathlock.: You mean the X-ray shot? Well, no, no, because that's exactly what Smallville did with Cyborg. Yeah, cyborg was they, they like did an X-ray of him and they showed and all the all his implants looked like the comic book cyborg, right. but he looked perfectly normal from the outside. Yes. But I'd still rather see the the helmeting and make it you know because I, I agree and I, if, I, if you're gonna make a scary warrior who's never gonna get to have a normal life anyway, you want to make him look as badass as possible. I
2: think there's two things going on there. One, um, they're still they're having. Trouble with the idea that an actor acts around the prosthetics, and they're trying to have him be this kind of semi-tragic character with his scars and everything. Right. Um. So that that X-ray shot was kind of like a, a nod to the fans saying it's in there. You yeah.
0: know.
1: And they had I, mean, a, I know they had, his, had his eye room. light up because too, I, I do
0: night. want to say that um, prosthetics uh, certainly got in the way of the career of um, you know John Hurt, uh, Lon Chaney. And uh, Michael Crawford on Broadway, having to act behind that mask, killed Phantom of the Opera, which is probably a show none of you have heard of. Yeah, I know. Because you know, I mean,
2: well, the guy I, was in
0: a mask the whole time. So, do you disagree with my my no? Reason? I I totally agree with your reasoning. Yeah. Is the, it's the it's, Hollywood it's a, it's reasoning? A, it's, a and it's, it's, it's a bad bet. Stupid. It's a bad bet that they
2: can't do it. The other thing was the uh, the idea that I really don't like the Technicolor chest. It looks like a pinball machine. Uh, the, the, yeah. He's got. They've got. they They, they got a, a special effects crew that got too excited about the idea of put, putting LEDs into prosthetics to make them look like they're lit up and stuff. And his. I'm waiting. He. He looks like a pachinko
0: machine standing there. Yeah, I did like the idea that they were adding technology to him as the he's going. The wrist
2: rocket got a little overused in that, that episode, but I was glad to see that they were armoring him up with weapons. which and, is well,
0: And the wrist rocket thing, I'm sure, is what it was, was, you know, it's like you put it on there and it's like, we have to remember the TV storytelling. There's a network executive going, you put that wrist rocket on, because, you know, that's how they talk. Um, uh, you put that wrist rocket on. I wrist better, thingy. I better see that shoot off because yeah. there's gonna be people that don't know what that is. We had
2: to pay for that CGI of it going
0: on when he right, screamed. Right. So you know, and that's why. Um, <clears throat> so.
2: But the the incorporation of the of the uh, three minutes of Nick Fury in the uh, the the car chase scene in the middle of the show <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. They cu- they just cut to that and then they cut out of it again. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So well, it, did you
1: notice that uh, before that scene when Clark Gregg does the voiceover for we'll be back, you know, we'll be back with more Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? He just said, we'll be back with more Marvel. I didn't
0: notice that. Oh, interesting. Actually, if I can say, see, I watched on Hulu. Hulu didn't show the Nick Fury footage.
2: Ah, okay.
0: So, yeah, that car chase is in there. They just reference, they say, you know, and so in the episode it just goes. If Fury's back, and I was like, okay, yeah, so where's about, this? Where's this fitting in the whole thing? And I, yeah. I, so interesting because if I if I'd seen that, that would have changed everything yeah. for me in, in, that, in that episode. As far as like play, what I love to play, where in the continuity is this? Right, you know, I, I'd have known better.
2: They were trying <coughs> to sink it, sink it to that that point in the uh, the movie. So you're yeah. at this point, Sitwell's going back to, which actually doesn't work. Because Sitwell was leaving before right. that scene, right. and he's he's rescued from the ship before right. that. Unless he was rescued from the ship and then he went on to the Shield nah. show,
0: perhaps I don't know. No, I mean he's very clearly he's going pulled, to, He's very clearly pulled out of the episode. I've got to watch that to again. go into the beginning of yeah. the film. Yeah. So and and but but actually the movie is like it's like three days. Yeah. So it's only like three days. It's very tight. It, you know, very close, different scope, definitely from the first movie which was four years yeah um, and I would like to say, uh, we did get a tweet back a few weeks ago when they announced that Deathlock was coming, and I did a thing about like the original creators and I tweeted out where's the you know it 's great great for the art uh, the actor J August Richards, but what about the original creators uh doug mensch and uh, Doug Munch and uh, Rich Buck- Buckler. Buckler yeah. And I did get a tweet back from Doug Munch this week who said it's okay. <laughs> so apparently they're getting taken care of. <laughs> okay, good. Of. I want to hear that. You know, that's all I want to make sure is like if Marvel you know, Marvel's pushing the death log is gonna be the thing that's gonna drive the fans back to Shield, then I wanna make sure that the guy who created the character is getting is getting paid. And well, apparently, uh, you know, apparently we, is.
2: We we we'll nitpick that character. All day long, and most people won't. But the, but yeah, the idea is that they have got somebody in there who is not just a, ju- not just a flesh and blood agent, who has some backstory that they've been developing in the story, and who is getting more and more creepy as they add more cybernetics to him. So, from the standpoint of just storytelling, that's I think it's working okay, except for the technical or chest plate.
0: No, I, I like the I like the storytelling. Although the other thing I'd say is, as you mentioned, in the movie every actor in the film is fantastic and i just cannot warm up to and i hate to say this because i don't i can't put my finger on what makes the difference and maybe just the being close or the whatever cuz i don't i just most of the young actors mm-hmm. in in shield are to me what we used to say you know they're tv actors there's just something small about the way they portray i'm not getting i'm not getting caught into their they feel pretty. The younger different. ones, not not Clark Gregg and not. No, More no, no. Day. That's what I said. It's the younger ones. Yeah. It's, it's 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 what made that show last night. As I was like, watching, you got Clark Gregg, you got Bill Paxton selling yeah, the crap really out of cool. every scene he's in. Yeah. Really trying, and then uh, Titus Welliver, the other the uh, the, the other Blake. military guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know these older actors are just holding the scene and, and and driving everything and making you buy everything, and then somebody else goes. Yeah, you think that is true? And, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't
2: know. I, I like the I like uh, Fitz and Simmons because they're kind of like the on uh, the Laurel and Hardy of the, of the comic relief for the show.
0: Yeah, I. I but I, I would agree I, with you. They're just sky and and Ward, Ward, Ward. Yeah. They're just ciphers to me. Yeah. As opposed to, and you talk about a guy acting on the prosthetics. Again, no spoiler. I love the Chris Klein. Uh, Chris Klein, wrong actor. Chris Evans. As Captain America, and he's, you know, we've talked about how he wants to retire. And I say, actually, I really want to beg not, is that guy started out being such, like, his, his persona on screen was arrogant. He was yeah. the flippant kid. I and mean, he's the Human Which Torch. Which was perfect for the Human Torch. <clears throat> the fact that he can be, believably, Johnny Storm, and then I cannot, nor do I want to, imagine anybody else as Steve Rogers. Yeah. And that guy is so sincere, and that he acts through the mask. But he does. They do not have. I did not feel one moment when he took off the mask in that in that movie that it was it was unearned. Yeah. It was every moment was that is dramatically driven. That is never. Not a, it was never. That is not a. Just remind us who's under the hood. It was know? never a battle scarred reveal. That was
2: what I liked about it. But the the idea yeah. that that Evans. He's going toe to toe on like personal privacy and what makes Ameri- and what makes freedom and stuff, and you're you're just going yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and no, he's he is fantastic, and and what I'd, I'd like to put out to him and put out in the review is like you know don't don't sell short. I know he's gonna he's gonna honor his his contract with, with Marvel, but the thing is it's like that's not just he's Captain America. He's inspiring to my son. And that movie is actually uncomfortably close in some ways to the way people feel right now. Oh, yeah. And that here's this guy, and it's in the commercial, so again, no spoiler, that isn't freedom, that's fear. Captain America, again, back to why the hell couldn't Superman have this kind of moral turpitude and that spine and that willingness to just... He's heartbreaking in this movie in some places, too. But he's also very human and, and, and light at times. He's, he's yeah. just joking. He's, he's a, he's Captain America is absolutely a believable character. And so I'm saying yeah. he's going to inspire my son. And someday, when I hopefully I live long enough to do this, he's going to show my grandkids. And he's going to inspire my grandkids and say, this is, what, this is what the best of what America is about. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Superman should be true justice in the American way. It's like, I'm sorry, Captain America took over. I was not a Captain America fan until the first film. And now that he has become, and I'm not even sure, honestly, I'm not going back to the comics. I'm talking in cinema. Those are my favorite superhero films. You go Captain America to Avengers to now the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic trilogy for me. Yeah. Because that's the saga of Captain America. And I I can't wait for the next chapter of that. Yeah. So back to S.H.I.E.L.D., I can wait... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, I think Shield is still getting better each week. It, it is. It and is. I think the, what's what's happening is that they're they're building up enough story slowly that we're getting we're getting characters and backstory and things that that are mattering to this universe that are yeah. that are coming to coming to pass. And I'm, I can't wait to see some of the ramifications that come out of the movie showing up in Shield because there's no. The next month, no doubt that it will.
0: Unlike Thor The Dark World, where, it, where you could have taken or left that Sif yeah. crossover or that, oh, there's a piece of, we have to justify, oh, there's a, a weapon left over from <laughs> Dark World. Did you all see Dark World? Did you know that it's in the same universe? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, no, this is, it's definite. And, and that's what I felt after, that, after the movie. It was like, this changes everything yeah. for that TV show. Yeah. And so, loved that. Yeah. Um, you have picked up the El Ray Network. I mean, yep. I, apparently I have it too. I haven't watched it yet, but from dusk till dawn, the television series. So, have you actually watched it, or are you just making a note?
2: No, I've watched the first three episodes. Um, the they're they're up to f- they're, I've got it one recorded. The fourth episode is okay. out. So El Rey, and Mac, from what have we put together? And I just stumbled across this channel surfing one day. The El Ray is Robert Rodriguez's network. Yeah. And Isn't that nice? They are playing like this amazing set of grindhouse titles that things, everything from even stuff you wouldn't necessarily say is uh, like Outland.
0: Well, yeah, but it's still a good movie. But it's still a
2: good movie, and it's still, it still still kind of fits in that kind of like throwaway action adventure. But Look, lo- as
0: long as we don't get a Shark Boy and Lava Girl series. No, no, no.
2: Um, the uh, a
0: lot of the
2: kung fu. They did a Street Fighter. Uh, they did ran all the Street Fighters one Not after another. The
0: video another. game one, the actual, the actual the early, movies. The, what's that guy's name? Um, jean Claude uh, Van Damme.
1: No, 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 no.
0: The original Jap, uh Chinese uh, ones. So the, the, the Chinese actor who. Oh, uh, the Street Fighter. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can't think of his name. Um, but, but they're playing famous, famous martial artists. They're playing all these like crazy... Street
2: Fighters, Sister Street Fighter. Sunny Chiba, Sunny, Sunny, Sunny Chiba. Chiba. Right, right. Because it's mentioned go. in True life uh, True. True romance. Yeah, he's Sonny also Ichiba. in.
0: He's also in Kill Bill. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. He's Hansu Hasato, or uh, the I didn't know uh, that Hansu Hatori, the guy who does the sword. But uh,
2: so there's all this all this grindhouse stuff, and they're calling it grindhouse, and they're, they're, they have special nights for different types of films. And, and during the day, they play like six episodes of Starsky and a Hutch in a row. <laughs> Uh, which I'd forgotten what a good show that was, and the the for for a uh, for a 70s. There's a lot of like people made up to be look like other people, and they tearing off the makeup and stuff. Oh, anyway, I love those! But um, so the one show that they're, they're producing that's brand new is this from, from Dust, Dust Till Dawn, yeah. Dawn, which basically is the movie, but it's it's extended because in the first three episodes they've only they they haven't actually made it to Mexico yet. They, they, it's the setup of the robbery. Um, so right
0: now it's a crime show.
2: It's, it's definitely a crime show. Well, no, there's, there, remember, From Dust to Dawn was was about them, about the criminals falling into a pit of vampires.
0: That's in Mexico, though. So right. you're telling me that they, so what I'm saying is right now, because this is what happened when I saw that movie, is I knew what I was getting into, and the friend that I went with had no idea it was a vampire film. Oh, that must have been great for so him. You go for, oh, no, he was very upset. Oh, that would be awesome. Because I, I knew, and I'm like, yeah, we've got to see this movie. So you have this heist film and this right. family kidnapped in the first half of the movie, and right. they stop at this bar, right? and then it's this horror film.
2: But he's already rewritten it, and he's already introduced the va- the vampire characters yeah. earlier in the plot line.
0: And he's also got two sequels and a prequel to mess with. It, but the it's pretty much in.
2: staying with the first the first movie so far. But I'm
0: saying some of the vampire plotline might have been from those other things because I don't know. I didn't see it You remember the who the two
2: was. stars were? It was George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino uh, as,
0: the, as the Gecko Brothers. I really think of it as George Clooney and, and Harvey Keitel because Tarantino was taken out so early. But he was, yes.
2: He's the one who got the bullet hole through his yeah. hand. He's already got the bullet hole through his hand from one of their mis- misadventures. It's so, uh He's introduced these these vampire characters, but they're not standard vampire characters. The vampire's based on snakes, reptiles. So the fangs are like super long and when and they get scaly. Yeah, but they were
0: they, they were in the movie. But they, because they she had the snake she was the snake lady. She was the snake she lady, was the snake lady but
2: it was still a vampire. They also have the power to once they've taken your blood and killed you, they can they can now look like you, and they have your uh, memories that is too. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's already been a scene where somebody interacted with the family in the van, who wasn't who they thought they were. He was actually a vampire who's now, yeah. um, okay. And people taste different to him.
0: Well, that, yeah.
2: But it's actually um, it's growing on me. The first episode didn't grab me. The second and third, I'm I'm th- I'm seeing what he's doing with the plot and extending it, and I'm enjoying it more the characters that the characters that they uh, that they cast as the gecko brothers are definitely cast because they kind of looked like Clooney and tarantino yeah. and could play those those yeah, role Jay types.
0: Jake Busey is somewhere in there too. I
2: haven't seen him yet.
0: I, I don't think he's yet, um, uh, but I know cuz he had to leave uh, when we did Don Johnson was signing. in the
2: first episode oh, and apparently and apparently will be in flashbacks. And Later episodes because well, I looked them up on IMDb. He's, he's
0: fallen, in, fallen in, with those guys because Tarantino yeah. had him in uh, Django Unchained, and then yeah. Tarantino and Rodriguez are still, I think, still pretty good buddies. Yeah. So, so I'd, I'd say if, if, you, if you
2: if enjoyed, you know,
0: I did like the Dust movie. I like it's, it.
2: it's, it's it's a guilty pleasure movie. You know, there's no doubt about it. Is there it.
0: as much nudity as True Blood?
2: There's not any nudity so far.
0: Not any nudity so far. In other news, Game of Thrones is coming back next week, and I'm hoping for nudity No, it's coming back Sunday, this (laughs) Sunday. Sunday. Yes, yes, April 6th. Speaking of nudity. Exactly. That was my segue. Yes. Trust me. You don't have to call attention to it. I know what I'm doing. So you've got that. And then I did want to put in one little casting thing because we're still kind of upping on Gotham. They cast an actor named Corey Michael Smith for Gotham as the Riddler. And um, this is it just brings up for me one one concern about Gotham is that there is that i fear that this series is going to get bogged down in ooh who's that guy going to turn out to be you know and and, and there, instead of like telling a good story about james gordon working through the corruption right, of, right, right. of gotham city it's going to be like we know we have Cat what's Woman. the foreshadowing. Here? We know we have Selena Kyle. We know we have Oswald Cobblepot. They're all pretty transparent. Did you yeah. now we have the Riddler, um, the Oswald uh, Cobblepot guy? Yeah, he's very slender. He is, but I can see as a young. If, if the idea is that like as Over he approaches middle age, he he eats more or whatever. You know, yeah. they they definitely added something to the length to his nose. So uh, it reminded
2: me of the the first sequel to Dune that was written by the Sun. Yeah, the, the yeah. The opening yeah. line is the Baron Harkonnen leaned his lean and muscular body over the over the controls of the proptor throp- throp- and in The oh, a yeah. large part of the story was how he became the the massive flying fat man. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean and that makes sense. I mean that's that we know that the people had kind to of get more corrupt and blah, you know. Um <laughs> And I, and I think there's also you know I'm, I'm waiting for like who else are going to cast, and I just don't want to overload like the first season. You got seven yeah. years, yeah. I don't want to see every villain in the first three episodes. So, Two
2: Face, Harvey Dent will be about the same same age as uh, Bruce.
0: Yeah, so I don't want to see. I don't want to see Harvey Dent no. at all. Um, you know, I well, I, maybe but later. they could have
2: backstory because they obviously.
0: But do. who I do want to see is if you're going to. Do it, although I, I don't think that TC um, uses, even acknowledges them anymore. Is that, that Tommy Edwards' um, hush? Right. You know, so I want to see those characters that are in the continuity as these were Bruce's childhood chums. Right. You know, I, I, let's see Roman Cianis. Let's, let's see oh, the guy who will grow up to be Black Mask. That's logical. Show me Tommy, yeah. maybe for just a few episodes to go, oh, who's that snotty little kid? you know and, but just always not
2: killing cats on the, in the outsider I don't want that much heavy handed
0: well, well didn't they say like you, there was I mean there was like psychotic behavior early on and maybe you know but that's could be one of those things I yeah. guess that's the problem is if you do him it's like his storyline wouldn't pay off until batman Right, so right. you can't show how he killed his parents and you know, yeah, dude, it's, it's it's
2: kind of like do you, do you how 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 much do you want to just do stuff that isn't going to pan out during, but on the flip side, years? when
0: you see these actors who are in their twenties and you know, that the kid playing Bruce Wayne is like 11. Yeah. I also don't think those, I've never thought of the villains except maybe the penguin as being much older than Bruce Wayne,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So I, 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 I don't know, but we'll see. I, I still have high hopes for Gotham. It's just, it's interesting how they keep announcing all these things. It's like, no, just, just shoot an episode, show us a pilot at comic con, Uh, At WonderCon, they're going to show Son of Batman, which I figured they would because they always premiere something. easy. And as I believe you leaned over to me last night and said in the middle of Captain America, if DC would just put their animated films on the big screen, everything would be okay. And it's like, yeah, I go ahead and release Son of Batman. Go ahead and release Son of Batman on on, into theaters, and I'll bet they'll do just fine. Yeah. Although Marvel's encroaching, you know, encroaching now because they've got Big Hero Six coming, you know, with Disney. So we shall see. Um, that's all we have tonight. So uh, I know that Coco is sleeping peacefully at Nate's feet. And uh, am I right, Nate?
1: No, she actually got up. She's when, bored. Uh, when Tiffany got
0: home from class, she went out to oh, greet okay. her. Okay, we started talking about all Ray Network, and Coco says, "I don't <laughs> speak Spanish," and gets out of here. I'm out we of here.
1: should mention that uh, Walking Dead season finale was on Sunday. Oh, that was awesome too. It was awesome. Terminus
2: was, uh, was everything I feared it was going to be. As finales yeah, exactly. go, as
0: finales go, <laughs> Walking Dead or How I Met Your Mother? Which one was better? Discuss. Um, well,
2: there were two different types of finales. One was a one was a season finale, and one was a a, a, a show finale. I would say the show finale, better one, was uh, How I Met Your Mother.
0: You said I don't watch How, How I Met Your Mother, Mother so yes. I couldn't tell you. I, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I just
2: like the, the, what this season has been all about everyone being separated and having their own little adventures.
0: Were you, uh, are you a regular watcher of How I Met Your Mother?
2: Yes, I watched every episode okay. the week it came out.
0: The, one I, the person I really want to talk to about it is Tim Watson, who uh, used to write for Fanboy Planet and worked at Elusive Comics for a while. Because I know he was a huge, huge, huge fan of that show. And I have not seen anything online from him about what uh-huh. he thought of the finale. So I'm just, I'm just curious. Because no, that show never lost me from the first episode. I, don't know. I just never, I just never got into it. I would, every time I watched it, I've gone, "Oh, it's funny." Yeah. I just don't, you know, I just didn't get, get grabbed.
2: So, but, but Walking Dead, the, the season ender, I love the fact that it was, it didn't end in, it ended with a dire situation, but Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln, brought it all back with his his closing statement.
0: Right, Nate. Absolutely. And we should say that Andrew Lincoln is actually British, and therefore Rick Grimes should be German. Then, by uh, I don't understand.
2: <laughs> he does a greater German accent. No,
0: I, I, I just think I think it's funny. I talk about that with my students about how, uh, like True Blood, is the same way. All, like, everybody on Walking Dead and True Blood, all any Southern accent actors, pretty much guarantee they're going to be British or New Zealand. They finally had him on uh, Talking Dead too. He was over a time. Well, he I, could be I listened to, very early on to a Nerdist podcast with him, yeah, and it was so like what when I was actually watching The Walking Dead, and so it's like that's ah, uh. and then I you know you go back and watch him in Love Actually and you go oh such a hey little British man, and now he's like he's badass Rick Ribes, you know, so it's interesting. All right, well that's it for this week, and uh, so we shall say, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please. Uh, go ahead and add us to your favorite subscribe uh, rate us tell your friends you can listen to us on stitcher there also you can add us to your playlists and you can rate us and tell your friends or pick us up on our regular site Uh Rick has been experimenting lately and you can actually go to the site and get an individual page for each podcast so that you can see uh, kind of a breakdown some, of what there some is. liner some, notes liner notes and pictures from that and I think we're really doing a I think it's a, a step forward we need to do. So uh, we've changed a little bit of the way we're doing that on the website, which also leads you to Technology. The, absolutely. Leads you to the PayPal button. If you like what you're seeing, please go ahead and uh, you know kick a little over or order something off Amazon that you heard about on the podcast. If you do not already have a local comic book store near you that is not carrying some of these items, you know, if you've if got a comic book store and you're, here, and you're hearing a comic, about a comic book here, check with them first. So... <coughs> if you've got questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, whatever, I can't, I've run out of alliteration. Write in into editor <laughs> at fanboyplanet.com. Never. I am Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. I am Nate Costa.
2: And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to
0: use your, your powers power only power. for
2: good. I never give
1: up and I never surrender.
2: Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.
0: Hi, this is Todd Lucas. And BJ Fairchild of Eternity. Eternity.
1: Reminding you to use your power. Only for good!
0: This is the section of the podcast that you should not listen to if you have not yet seen Captain America the Winter Soldier. This is our discussion. Don't complain. Right. This is the spoiler uh, section. Yep. This is long after. You probably already heard uh, the great Luke Ski sing Fanboy, and now here we are. So, we really didn't get to talk much about this last night. It was nice to see Doug Garrett of Garrett's Games and Geekiness. Yep. And... And his wife. Shelley, And we all enjoyed. I felt interesting because I don't think... Just correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that Doug is as big a comic book reader. He's a gamer, but I don't know... He doesn't anything.
2: read that many comics. He, I, I actually, for Christmas every year, get him a subscription to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I deliver to him monthly.
0: Okay. You know, that's nice. So there you go. Um, that's... Good Lord. And, uh, and then to my left... Uh, were was a couple that were very clearly had not read comics at all yeah and so this goes along with what uh, mike rabel asked me He's like you know would you get it if you didn't know And so i that was what i said back to him was like this couple very very clearly followed the plot they were very shocked at the revelations but they understood oh that's yeah. what's been going on and it's and i think that the movie connects the dots very well so we want to start with that that yes uh, and I'll do my best, although my week work week has been crazy, to put up like on fa- on the Family Planet a page of like where to get like the Winter Soldier Ed Br- Brubaker's work. To me, that's not a spoiler because it's easy to walk into a comic book shop and see this is what's been going on with yeah. these characters. And uh, but I thought that they did a good job of again taking. The Bucky Barnes story and putting it, integrating it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
2: And it wasn't so much the, it wasn't so much the Winter Soldier story from the comics. No, the no. Winter Soldier was integrated into a separate plot line. That for me, I will still say, was a lot, lot of what happened in. Um, Secret Avengers and Secret War following Dark Reign, or
0: Secret Warriors, or so, Secret War. Warriors, Secret Warriors. That's a different right. No, 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 I, no, no I, I, what... I, it
2: was Secret Warriors because which there are ramifications from Secret Wars that that uh, lead into Secret Warrior, Secret War. II, oh right, there was a
0: separate series called Secret Wars, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That where I didn't like them. Nick kind of falls out of favor with Shield and then
0: goes off and does his own thing. Um, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. I read that one. I yeah. I didn't like that one that much, but I don't I think that, but it. that was Bendis. That wasn't uh, Hickman. No, that was that was Secret Wars was Bendis. Secret right, right, Warriors right. was Warriors Hickman's was, first was one of Hickman's Warriors first was Warriors was Warriors Bendis of the and World Hickman Universe. at the
2: beginning and Bendis kind of slowly dropped out of it as it went along. Yeah, okay. Okay. And then at the same time you had the Secret Avengers which was uh, after Norman Osborn takes over the Avengers and stuff, you had Cap No longer Cap, he was Steve Steve Rogers' Rogers, super Super soldier Soldier, Soldier, in the costume that that he's wearing wearing in the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Which I really like that. So by acknowledging that so that people could walk in and see that. So yes, the beginning of the movie, he's in, although he has the mask, which I don't think... The super soldier. Super soldier never wore that mask. But it makes
2: it from the standpoint of a strategic. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to have. Yeah, no,
0: no, no. What I'm saying is that that Marvel integrated. And as I'm saying, when they when they're doing even what you'd call fan service, they're doing throwaways that acknowledge all the different ages of of a hero's uh, or of a character's uh, you know experience with. By giving them all still explanations within. So it, yeah. it's very important that now he's been Captain America on stealth. And there's still something interesting, I think, about where they talk about they show the Smithsonian exhibit, which is very close, uh, although much yes. larger than the Disneyland the Disney- exhibit. Um, but a lot of the same artwork. and uh, Some of the same artwork. The Disneyland is actually a little more stylized because they've got a, because of the outside banners, they have a, a, a an overall look they're trying to do for all of for them. all three of them, yeah. But um, the thought that, uh, that Steve Rogers has to, in this version, which is probably like, again, if you were really just reviving Steve Rogers today in the comics, that would be, the, that would be one of the things you'd say is he is now truly the living legend. That's always been the thing that they've put on the book, yeah. the living legend of World War II. But what does that mean in a society when he's walking around and they are seeing him as the living legend of World War II? And it's an exhibit in the Smithsonian. So I thought, you know, that was kind of interesting, but to say with Shield he's been more stealth, and then there is a moment where he has to go back to being the Captain America we know. Right. And that is such a great, you know, what he you know, he that by listening to Nick Fury or by trying to trying to integrate himself into the twenty first century, he'd allowed himself to darken. Right. And he was chafing at that, but he was darkened.
2: And I think that's, that's foreshadowed in all the artwork for the movie where it's the shield with most yeah. of the paint scraped away and it's yeah. dark and yeah, you know, Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's are b- selling it. There's the
0: toy. Yeah. You can get the blue shield uh, at, at Target. You can't yeah. get the red, white, and blue one. So, you know, I love that. I, again, go, to go back to the beginning, the Sam Wilson update so perfect. Yeah. so perfect. The, the banter among all of them. And, and then when later you get back to Sam Wilson, it's like, yes, you've already established... But again, this uncomfortable closeness to reality, yet with superheroes, that Sam Wilson being—he's uh, done two tours in Iraq, right? He's dealing with the people that can't function, right? You know, he's—he's he's, he's, in, he's, in VA. It's—it's it's so close to—he's he in was, a group because uh, he was a social worker in the comics, right? Yeah. So here it is—they've made him an army social worker, essentially working for the VA. Yeah. So they've kept all the flavors of the best of what he was meant to be in the comics and put it into the film in a way that's like, I'm ready for, I got, I, and the I'm fact serious, man. I want Anthony Mackie to show up on S.H.I.E.L.D. I want Anthony Mackie to, I, the, the, another one. The
2: business about, uh, they're both shoulders. Your bed's too soft, right? And he's like, And that's what
0: was yeah. breaking my heart. Is that it, 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 What I love about it is, that, is when Chris Evans is, you know, complaining people don't get what a good actor is. like, no, no, no. Not for one second. Do I see the Human Torch, the kid from not another teen movie? There's not one second in his Steve Rogers performance that I don't believe he's Steve Rogers, and those little details come out. And when he deals with Peggy in the, well, I in cried. The I mean, that oh, was yeah. just that was just heartbreaking. I'm like, yeah, again, it's just like fantastic that this movie takes us through all these colors, catches us up to all these things, knows the situation. hate
2: and doesn't dwell without does just feeling, enough time,
0: without feeling rushed. Yeah. Every scene leads to the next one, and you are left with no unanswered questions from the past yeah. so that you can move forward into the future. And now you've got – you do end the movie with unanswered questions. And it
2: does, it does all the tie-ins to, to the, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. mini-movie to, to
0: – um, Right, because Sitwell has been there since the uh, – not, not uh, the other one, the, the, the consultant. Waiting for – The consultant. Yeah. Um so uh but then you had you had
2: introduction of Agent 13 and not necessarily a throwaway but they didn't dwell on that that's left to
0: Yeah, I think that was under I think that was a little underdone. Because and, and the only reason I think that is because they made such a big deal by giving her a one sheet and giving a much a bunch of publicity which I I follow. I never saw the one sheet. Yeah, they, it's it, it's not very impressive. It just goes like it says whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as ages, you. agent 13, no, the yeah. actress, you know, oh, yeah, a, you know, agent 13, and it's like, well, to anybody who's agent 13, and they didn't do enough to, to establish agent 13, although she has a nice moment, yeah, that moment was no bigger than the waitress in the Avengers,
2: but I think that that leaves it open to be developed later, and if they have to change actresses, it's not been. <laughs> You know, seriously, if they if, if if they have to change actresses, you're not going to say, "Oh, I don't remember her because she didn't have that screen no, time."
0: No, you're right, you're right. Uh, and, and but yeah, that was yeah, that was it. it wasn't a misstep. It was just, it just the character didn't didn't hit with me as much. Yeah, it was good though by giving her
2: the stealth position of being the. Neighbor I mean, it, but, the well, hall. and
0: this what it, it this what feels like like when I watch Shield when they bring in Shield agents from the comics, it's more like. Oh, it's just an acknowledgement that you needed another agent, so we might as well name him after one that already exists. It like, was
2: a good bit of misdirection, though, when he was yeah. when was when Shield she, uh, when she
0: says up front. Now, what about that nurse across the hall? But Even,
2: and then when she comes into the into his apartment with the gun in hand, yeah. And you're expecting she's another one of the Hydra um, yeah. bad guys, but turns out no, she's I, there to I protect Cap. I didn't expect
0: that. It actually, I just assumed she was there to. I, leaps there that I just didn't think because I knew she was age thirteen i didn't i didn't know she was age thirteen because so. I knew that I was like, yeah they're not going to make her bad, yeah, so um but yeah it, it's all it's all fine she's a character close enough to who she is in the comics, like because for me, even Jasper Sitwell because that actor doesn't look like what you're the used Jasper to for, Sitwell. Yeah. I don't really connect him that way. It's always like a dissonance to me.
2: Let's talk about Sitwell for a second. So Sitwell was originally a character. who was brought in to the Avengers. He was the Shield liaison when the Avengers were going to lose their um, right their and the, license. And
0: the first episode I ever the uh, first episode, the first issue I ever saw was actually uh, I first encountered him in the Origins of Marvel Comics, yeah, Stan Lee book. And when he did the like the origin of Iron Man, and then a modern tale from Iron Man. And Sitwell's in that. And I just remember him just being the, in the bow tie. He's almost like the Jimmy Olsen right, of, right, right. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, nervous and, like, you know, always trying to prove to. And I guess that's my thing is on camera, on film, that portrayal of Sitwell never came through. He was just, he was just a generic agent that they chose to name Jasper Sitwell. So, double but he spoiler. he has been a bad actor.
2: Double spoiler.
0: Bad actor and playing a bad guy. No, I don't think he's a bad actor. He's just no, been
2: no, no, no. no, no. I'm saying I'm saying not a bad actor, but he is. They did change his character. Yeah. He's a Hydra agent. Yeah, which he's been in Shield now and in in multiple Avenger, multiple Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah, that I think is going to be that's going to have ramifications of the Shield, um, especially because storyline. he's
0: been so he's been clear clearly such a good friend to Coulson, Coulson, yeah, or an acquaintance of Coulson, you know. Yeah, I don't.
2: I, I I never got any warmth between the two, but he's definitely somebody that Coulson's working for, and I I actually could see Coulson going. You know, I thought there was something off with him. And when yeah. It, when it's well, been, and we
0: go shield. It's not just him though. It's Hand too. Is clearly yeah. with Hydra.
2: That's you know I watched that twice. I'm not quite sure that she is, but we know that that's that is a character who was part of uh, Norman Osborn's hammer. When, uh, in Dark Rain. Yeah. And so the fact that she was up there, uh, you know, yelling about...
0: Well, that's why, to go back to S.H.I.E.L.D., it it may be one too many conspiracies in there, because (coughs) I think the Marvel movie universe has made it so narrow. HYDRA's been in S.H.I.E.L.D. for a long time. Right. And maybe even there's an implication even from the beginning or was it that and
2: that's what came that was that was a core part of the storyline in secret uh orders was the whole thing about hydra having been the origin of shield
0: which yeah just thinking of all the taranko stuff it's like ah. but then a disappointment we say if that's true and there's just one disappointment, not in the film itself, but in the way they chose to credit that Hickman is not given any credit at the end of the
2: film. Right, and why I say, I double checked on IMDb today; he's not in there at all.
0: <coughs> that one of the things is, I don't know that if that idea is enough to say he took from Secret. They took from Secret Wars because they, because it was so much the movie version of Hydra being within yeah. Shield um alexander pierce i was disappointed i really was hoping he would turn out to be the red skull um but uh you know rip his face off and thread skull or something yeah because i thought but on the other hand you're also there's something just watching it there's something surreal about robert redford going hail (laughs) hydra yeah and, and is Gary Shandling not well? Because I don't think he looked well. He did them, not uh, look well.
2: I, I like to think that maybe he had gotten extra prosthetic jowls, but I don't think he did.
0: Yeah, that's it's weird. But, uh, yeah, so I I don't know what else to get to, get to the actual portrayal of the Winter Soldier. Uh, I thought they moved that story forward very organically um, and it was very different from Ed Brubaker's because, well, one of the things is they're, the cinematic version of, of Black Widow is very different. Yes. And she's very key to the winter soldier's origin, and yet I think one of the one of the great things is they they made that that connection, like her awareness of who the winter soldier was, make perfect organic sense in the story yeah <coughs> and another thing about the economy of this film you do you know you see all the touchstone sh- things you have to, but when they say like i've got when the falcon says." I know where to get the wings, and they go, Oh, that should be easy to break into. They don't show us breaking, they don't show them breaking into it. No. Because you don't need to. No. You know, the action scenes are only those you absolutely, absolutely need. Can we
2: talk about the wings for a little bit?
0: <coughs> sure.
2: I just, that has that always been something that's bothered me about the, uh, the Falcons costume in the, in the comics, that those little stubby wings uh-huh. do anything. As far as aerodynamics or, or propulsion or anything. And they, even when T'Challa came in and gave him extra special wings and they expanded the, li- the, uh, the wingspan a little bit. But these worked for me so well. And part of it was I believe they could be part of a costume the way they, they would like fold up and, and extend. Yeah, I'd, like to, get, I'd like to
0: get them a little more colorful. Uh, just because I want him to, because I, I, I know what you're saying. At, but I, it still worked. It didn't bother me within the film. The aerodynamics
2: Again, and the, 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 uh, but, the, the jumping and spinning that he did in air, and would he be in
0: air and he'd like collapse the wings so oh that yeah. missiles would go oh, by it was, him? And it stuff. was very well choreographed. Just the best. Overall, fight scenes. How long has it been since I've seen a movie where I could follow every, every bit single, of the fight? Oh, yeah, definitely. Every definitely. bit. I did not miss a single, you know, it, like, I could follow the narrative of the fight perfectly.
2: And and it went along with being able to follow what was going on and why yeah. and in, you, throughout and, the whole movie. And,
0: and you go back to the wings as a hint of, I'm sitting there going, oh, because they made reference to Stark doing, making suggestions on the helicarriers. Like, okay, I could see that, they, that they, they lost the wings here. Falcon still hang out with Steve Rogers. And and Tony Stark says, "Okay, I can fix those wings. It's like the Rocketeer. One I'm gonna the, make some. I'm gonna make some improvements for you."
2: One of the best lines in the whole thing was was uh, when when he
0: said Stark got a close up view of
2: of the uh, of the turbines and had some suggestions for corrections. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that that's I love jokes that if you if you're a fan, you got and if, and you're if you didn't, the, the line the still, still line. landed. It makes sense. The line still landed. Yeah. And so. Yeah, down to and down to as we say, the one big throwaway. Right, well, let's say let's talk the real spoilers here. The implications of other films, the throwaway about Stephen Strange.
2: Yeah, just the among pe- people we might be concerned about. Just a list of four or five people that they they felt they might be concerned about, and they they list uh, Stephen Strange and a couple of other names that you don't don't really know I,
0: yeah i have to watch again because i'll bet there are a few that I, like, I bet they i bet they they resonate with other people that are bigger marvel zombies than i am
2: when they were showing
0: the map of the targets oh, we both determined. spotted
2: we both spotted uh, tony stark
0: and you think he said banner at one point
2: yeah i think banner was up there too
0: um and then i want to see again and i want to see i want to track others because i i suspect there'll be others that we haven't seen yet yeah. and then you get to the po- we can go to the post credit scene the setup here of one Captain America three because at the very end you got to stay to the very end obviously yeah because you see so Bucky, there's a,
2: there's there's one about two
0: minutes into the credits which is a left field thing and that's the funny thing is because I thought in Thor it was weird that the Dark World went to ga- Guardians of the Galaxy only in that yeah it was it, it just seems so abrupt and the tone seemed ve- but at least you had Asgardians there yeah the fact that the Winter Soldier one, I guess, is tenuously connected via Hydra, but all characters you've never seen before. None of them. Baron Von Strucker, and I knew it was going to be something like this. I knew it had to be characters that they very publicly announced having cast for Avengers Age of Ultron. Right. So Baron Von Strucker has to be announced. uh, Now, what is the name of that guy? Is the the German actor who's fantastic. Um, And he's in... Inglorious Bastards and I just saw him in something else where I went, Oh yeah, that's the guy that's gonna be oh, great yeah. on Strucker. Yeah. Um, um anyway did he win an Oscar? No, he did not oh, win an has, Oscar. No, no, no. you're it? thinking that's Christoph Waltz. Don't oh, okay. the, Sorry. I know you and German actors tonight. It's weird. Uh is is he's British actually, is what he no, that's uh, why. That, yeah. Um <clears throat> no, he he was when they announced the Rage of Ultron it was like, well, what does Strucker have to do? He must have something there. So now it becomes clear. You go to Hydra Baron von Strucker is walking around and he's got Natasha and Pietro. And, no, not Natasha Scarlet and Wanda, Witch, Wanda. Wanda and Pietro. And the the Pietro. Scarlet Witch and, and Pietro.
2: And what a great, great couple of little shots of them like <coughs> Pietro trying to run around in his, his cell. Escape, yeah. And then Wanda looking totally spaced out as she elevates the blocks and then like destroys some of them.
0: Uh huh. Ah. It was a great little. But like Thanos, totally
2: made reject the characters in in uh, X Men.
0: No, no. Because like at the end of Avengers when you saw Thanos, is like, you just went left field. Yeah, into somewhere nobody expected. Right, did they
2: really do that? I have to go back and watch the whole movie again because I can't believe they really did that. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, it, it was <laughs> so. So that's uh, you know that's and now I'm ready you know I want to say and, and and again figure because they made a big deal of leaking photos of Wanda and and Pietro earlier that that also
2: that, that, that little snippet was such a such a twist on it because they're both they're standing around Loki's staff right and they're yeah. talking about that and you're going okay so, so it's about the it's about this how they're going to weaponize this or something and then they walk down the hallway and that's the real review re- reveal
0: and here's the mutant thing. You said it's not an age of heroes, it's not an age of villains; it's an age of wonders. So they're going to use that vague word that Earth Two, uh, the comic book in DC, uses. So you set that up. Then you go all the way back. Then you go to the very end, and you have Bucky echoing the scene. I'm I going to talk about direction because, again, I love this one. When, when this event, right, is that when you saw the first sight of Steve Rogers in this movie? Running and he's running past Sam, right? And around the reflecting r- pool, around the reflecting pool. And you see, there's, there's one thing through the I guess it's through the, the perspective the of the Lincoln Memorial, yeah, yeah. And so he's going fast, and you're seeing him, and there's a chance to kind of like watch how fast he's going by having these stationary things. And then the next time you see him running is on the Lemurian Star, and they, they, he, they duplicate that shot, yes, yes. each time now. Notice. He's damaging somebody <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like, every time he comes into a new cell. Like, I just, I just love those kinds of parallels where you've seen him in in a casual, yeah, you know, and then it's like, and oh, yeah, he would be dangerous, <laughs> you know. Of course, you thought that, yeah. But but to, but to, that kind of subtle show connection and showing, and then you got Bucky because now that's echoing the scene where, where we've seen Steve's walk through in the Smithsonian, and then Bucky that little Joker note in his head, like is going at the end right. of like what does he know because he's looking at his own display yeah. about and bucky but, barnes but there it is what does he know about his past I'm like i don't know if i want to see this is a problem i don't know if i want to see the winter soldier in captain america 3 i will also again go give me a 50 million dollar winter soldier movie yeah and let him have his journey because sebastian stan is not yet the movie star that the others are. But Sebastian Stan, I think, will be, if he plays it right, as a, as a result of these movies. I'm, so I, I'm, not st- I'm still not convinced Chris Hemsworth is going to be a star outside of being Thor. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd like him to be. I'm not convinced he will be. And, I, and Sebastian Stan is the kind of thing. is, Got to watch what this guy's going to do because I think he's decent. I don't think he's been given that much to do in this movie beyond glower. Yeah. But, uh, but he does it well. Don't get me wrong. Oh, like I said last night, he's the best Bane ever. That is a, it was a funny but accurate comparison. And then you have, again, Chris Evans under that, hel- you know, the heart, the, like, I'm going to make Bucky remember. And it's, like, brought all the great emotional tone of Brubaker's. So even though you adapted for the movie, it has the tone of what Brubaker was going for in that story. Ed Brewbaker, for those who aren't caught up. On that Uh, great writer and uh, the arc that brought Bucky back to life, you know, the the feel of it is there. And that's all you can hope for in the cinematic universe. Because you've got two hours every two years to capture 48 to 72 issues of a comic book, you know. Yeah. And so the fact that they can do that and just give me the tone. And, you know, well, and the highlights. No, take and here, still
2: move two birds. Take Black yeah. Widow and Winter Soldier. Make that your fifty million dollar movie. Okay, I'll
0: do that. I'll watch that. Yeah. I'll watch that. Winter Widow. Cold, cold widow. Ah. All right. Yeah. So that should hear
2: by. Let's talk about gadgets again for a second, because the 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 thing in in the Shield TV show they've not they've not done a lot of great gadgets. They've got the sleep guns and stuff. But they they tossed away a whole bunch of, and they used multiple they used m- multiple gadgets multiple times in this, which I liked a lot too. So like the widow's little localized EMP, yeah, that she used first on the Winter Soldier, yeah, and, and then to get rid of her own uh, the bomb that was strapped to her, yeah. Um, the the mask was a, it was a terrific spe- effect, and you didn't even mention who she was faking out. Oh,
0: Jenny Aguilar. Jenny yes. Um Which was good. That was the only thing I missed was that they recast the American representative because in Avengers, it's Powers Booth. Uh-huh. And then it was now just a kind of generic gray-haired actor. So I just missed that, but yeah, I wanted to make sure I was like, I really wanted to make sure that Jenny Agutter was still there. Yeah. Because I like Jenny Agutter having role having
2: roles, you know, so. So you got a little cross. Jenny Agutter pretending to be the Black Widow and then the Black Widow pulling then, the it, mesh off her face. The techno That was, mesh. A, neat, that was, a, that neat, was a
0: great, neat. great effect. And I, I was just like the way that she even used the Widow's sting. And then, you know, in, in close combat. Yeah, yeah. Which I think she'd done in Iron Man 2, but there's a lot of Iron Man 2. I just, you couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah. So this was where I felt like every character had their their moment. And I do get why big name actors want to be in there because there's something juicy in everything. For
2: me, for me, the gadgets were always a big part of, of Stranko's shield. shield. Yeah, and I've been missing them, and this this brought it out. So I just wanted
0: to, no, it's it, yeah. it it's very right, very well, and, and you know, and I love how. Man, just like the shield is a, is, a, is an extension of Steve Rogers' body.
2: So well played this time, better than better than the prior movie. Well, in the prior movie, he was learning to use it. I yeah, think is the, the thing. The, and the bouncing like, and the repelling
0: and oh, fantastically done! I love the action. So, so to
2: watch Cap take down that that uh, that jump shot plane,
0: yeah, oh, that was great, amazing. I I was honestly surprised that. The audience was not just like applauding, going crazy, yeah. Because I was, I was just going. That's that's one. That's one of those. That's a set piece that's just people going to talk about. Th- talk about that, you know. And I, just just well done, everything. So, all in all, when people say, "Is this the best?" Yes, I think this is the best of the Marvel movies. It may not be the one you want to watch the most, yeah, because there is a complexity to it. It's fun, but the quality bar is raised, and which is. Great, you know, it's like, so, which again says, like, uh, like once upon a time, Michael Goodson and I walked out of a superhero movie, and I can't remember which one it was that we saw, where it's like, well, the good thing now is that when you make a bad superhero movie, the genre is not dead. It's just, you know, that was a bad superhero movie. And this is like, now Marvel could make a movie that's not quite as good, and it would still be, you could say, that's eh, one of the worst of the Marvel movies, but it's still going to be better than 90% of the other movies out there. Yeah. So, I mean, because I feel that way about it. even Incredible Hulk. I like the Incredible Hulk. And uh, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, boy, I really would like to take some time on my next break, my next vacation, and just sit through and watch them all. But really, I want to dig out now, this weekend, because I'll probably have to wait another week before I get to see it again. But sometime in the next couple, it may take a week to work my way through First Avenger, then the Avengers again, and then be ready to take my son. I think that's the trilogy, uh, right now. No, it now, is. It that's is definitely the trilogy. the trilogy. I know Chris Evans sees it that way, so you know that's he's got three movies left. It's like, oh, don't waste them. Make every moment of him be right. Yes, you know. But there we go. Uh, Stan, uh, well, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan has nine movies. So we Stan Lee's know. cameo. That was a damn good cameo. That was a great cameo. I'm gonna lose my job. I would like, I would like someone to notice that the same man keeps coming in in different <laughs> things, and let him be like turn out to have been the Impossible Man or exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. Who just likes or to Mysterio. play this old man?
2: No, that's Spider Man. Yeah, and Impossible Man
0: is uh, a fantastic. Could Stanley porn. be the Watcher? Ooh. A different version of the Watcher who always disguises himself as the same old Wouldn't man. Wouldn't Watcher
2: be Fantastic Four too? Damn it!
0: There's got to be a character that that could fit within that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, well, if you've listened this far, why don't you write in and suggest it to us? Tell us who's, who's, St- who's Stanley. Yeah, tell us who's in the Avengers <laughs> canon that could do that. Um, yeah, because it'd be it be fun. Course, I still think actually, I think it's he's better. Ultron. No, it's not gonna happen. No, no, no. But that'll be an interesting. Ca- no, I don't think he's gonna be in. I don't think he's gonna be in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Really? Um, no, no, no. He's not gonna be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. He's uh, he, uh, because he said, and he, and the, uh, the interview gave him Playboy. He just mentioned this too again. It's like, are you excited? They asked him like, are you excited about Avengers: Age of Ultron? And to see uh, what do you, how do you feel about Ultron? And he said. I didn't create him. It came along after I, after I left. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. I've asked around the office. No one's given me a good explanation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's like, I love that, you know, there's something beyond. And same thing with the Gardens of the Galaxy because I don't know who they are. I didn't create them. So good luck to them. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, we'll see. All right. That, here endeth the spoilers. End of the gush session. See you in a few weeks. Bye.
1: you guys go to the comic shop today?
0: I did. Rick did, yes. Did you? Derek did not, so it's I all did. up to me. Did Nate. you
1: pick much up? I had a very late week this week.
2: It was, a, it was about half as much as last week for me, which was great.
1: Yeah. because last I week the was the late week.
0: Last week was painful. Last week was pretty heavy for me when I finally went in, but I can't. You know, the same thing is I know I read about seven or eight books, and I couldn't tell you what I read. That's yeah. not a good sign. I can't remember. I mean, I, I there were some I enjoyed. Yeah, I just don't remember what they were. But what came out last week?
2: Uh, Doc Savage.
0: I did enjoy Doc Savage. Doc
2: Savage was good. I I liked the the uh, the humanizing of him that he had kept it secret for too long. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was
2: also a good good excuse for it not to become a world changing drug.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I? did I read? Uh, Big
2: Pharma's always looking out for plot devices.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what else are, What else came out. Invader? Uh, You're not reading Wrath, Wrath or Wraith? No, no. I, but I, I, every time I see it, I thought, oh, I wonder if I should pick that up. You I'll, should just wait for the, now wait for after the trade now, because they're up to the
2: fifth, uh, the fifth issue, and it's really, really good. I mean, it's really well-drawn and uh, disturbingly well-illustrated in almost a childlike fashion. It's along, along the same lines as uh,
0: Temple Smith. Yeah, work yeah yeah Again, can't think of what else i brought right, anyway anyway sorry we're late Nate. we had to wait for the sun to set behind the juicy burger <laughs> it was <laughs> Derek had god spotlights there's, in the there's no blind and uh and now travis is opening the blinds and it's okay because the sun has set behind the juicy burger that maybe that's maybe that's our new intro The sun has set behind the juicy burger, and now it must mean that it's time for Fanboy Fanboy Planet to rise. Hunker down near the fire and
2: listen to our partner, Derek McCaw. Travis is moving the blinds and blinding the moving. Travis is a good Western name, too. It
0: is. It's fantastic. Travis should wear more leather. (laughs) But dusty, dusty old leather. Like chaps? There should still be pants underneath that. Buckskins, if you will. Dusty Chaps. As we were That's talking, a great name. As too. we were talking about Tom Mix earlier, because so we're, old we're old and remember. Dusty Chaps, and remember and Derek people McCall that nobody will tell you else does. I think this might be my Dusty Chaps voice. <laughs> this is Dusty Chaps. We're here <laughs> this on is the prairie.
1: Uh, episode 349, right?
0: This is 349 know. of The Family Better podcast.
1: All right, so
2: um, my, my, my cowboy name is uh, Rusty Spurs.
0: <laughs> that's, that's true. You, know, you, you don't want to get pricked by Rusty Spurs. You don't. For more than one reason. Nope. And it's funny that we say that as, the, as uh, on TV they just showed Coco Crisp, the baseball player with the most improbable name of them all. So, ah. so Nate. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay.
2: In three. Are you really ready? I'm ready.
1: Okay, you're going to have to speak up a little more than that. I will definitely speak up more than this.
0: Okay. Stertle Coco. All right. Stertle? Stertle.
1: In three. Go prepare to be stertled.
0: Yes. Mm hmm I've got some whiskey. Go. In three.
2: I'm going to point this time. Three, two, one.
0: Listen up,
2: fanboys. This is a
1: fanboy planet
2: podcast.